and welcome to the Donfather, a family podcast about the Essendon Football Club. And Matthew, that is how you open a show. No, it's taken, uh, but we'll see where you go from here, because I reckon we got the first 10 seconds wrong, but then uh, a lot of... We actually got some social media guys saying, hey, love the episode, uh, love the banter, etc. So... Um, yeah, we're getting the first 10 seconds right, but it was, it's about how you finish, and it, it looks like we finished quite well for the, the next 59 minutes and 50 seconds. Was that three meter Peter? Uh, not sure. No, I don't think, I don't think it was, or this, his username on Instagram wasn't, um, or assuming it's a heat, but um, uh, it was good to hear from uh, Grant from the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast as well, so a shout out to him, but uh, no, nah, seems like we did all right without you. So we have two fans, more than one. Double. We've doubled in the space of a week. Doubled it up. So I did. Uh, I did have the pleasure of editing uh, last week's episode. As the listeners, if you've come back after that episode, uh, as the listeners will know, I was out of action. I don't reckon I've been that sick since I was about seven years old. Yeah. Well, good to have you back from uh, your wife's uh, palliative care. Yeah. I reckon I was about to drop off the perch. Yeah, no, that's what we thought. You were on the brink of... Uh, of de- Sorry, that's a bad joke, isn't it? It is. It is pretty bad. Sorry. It is pretty bad. No, Let's move on, right? No, considering I've got... Yeah, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. Do you know, who, do you know who, was a, who is about to drop off the perch? The North Melbourne Football Club. But that's a story for another yeah, day. Yeah, jeez. Uh, when you... If things are ever going bad, just remember, you're not North Melbourne. I've, I despise North Melbourne. I hate them... With the depths of my being, really? I oh so much, so so much, and this rivalry that is a rivalry to North Melbourne, but just a bit of a laugh to Essendon, uh, it amuses me. But there was a game in sort of 2008, 2009, when their team was just filled with fake hard men, and all they did all day, Lindsay Thomas, the main culprit, but Ferrito the burrito, as well as others, all just took dive after dive after dive and got so many free kicks, and that actually led them to victory. I just hate North Melbourne so much. See, I couldn't give a stuff. I actually, as I was saying on the show, I don't think, I think, my, uh, look, I could be wrong here, but I would have thought most Essendon fans do not give a flying uh, expletive about North Melbourne. I really couldn't get, I think that is. Uh, they're uh, totally irrelevant to me. Is there a more irrelevant... Like, I legitimately, apart from the week we play them, I forget they exist. Yeah, be close to that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they just just do nothing of any note, really, at any point in their existence. Yeah. Bring back Fitzroy, I say. Bring back Fitzroy. Yep. Now, of course, before we get too deep into the analysis, we should mention we've got Kinnersley here. What did you think of the game, Kin? Uh, Well... Hello to you both. Um, in typical fashion, when we jump back on the wing column, I jump back in the chair. And, That's right. Uh, look, full disclosure, I actually haven't watched the whole game, but I did watch the highlights package, and it was an extensive highlights package. Uh, when you Look, when you kick 22 goals from 50 inside 50s, uh, it's going to take up a fair bit of time. And from what I could see there, we absolutely paced them, and I loved it, and I love that we put a team to the sword. But back, back to Matty's sort of thoughts about North Melbourne. I actually agree with Matt. I, it confuses me, your hatred of a thousand suns that you direct toward, and that's a, that's a direct quote, uh, that you point towards this poor 
tin rattling football club. The, the the once mighty. I mean, I remember 2000. I think I was 10. Didn't really care about football, and I think I watched the grand final. So not 2000, 1998, around then. Watched them win and didn't really care about them, and I still don't care. So um, that phrase, you know, it's a rivalry to them. It's just another game to us. Whoever said that a couple of years ago has pretty much hit the nail on the head. Um, but you know, the thing is, um, as as no one knew on the previous cast, there was a time in the late 90s, early 2000s, when uh, we were playing off in a lot of finals and there was a lot of biff between the two clubs. And historically, being suburbs very close to each other, um, part of that comes down to that uh, internal, that, that previous culture of North Melbourne being a real working class suburb and Essendon being sort of on the, the northwest as well, but being a more affluent kind of rich boy suburb and that kind of stemmed through to the football clubs, Arden Street and Windy Hill, I believe geographically are on the end of the same road or something like that. That I, I think um, um, I was listening to a podcast last year by the footyology people that mentioned that, that they're, they're actually geographically very close. And that's sort of part of that rivalry that almost like a little mini Derby, if you think about it for the soccer, like they're almost the same suburb. So there's that closeness that breeds animosity, but they're just they're just a sh- crappy, shitty football club. Like they just have no money. They can't attract players. They can't recruit. They can't coach. They can't play. Their colours are shit. Their logo is shit. Their mascot is shit. What is there about North Melbourne that is any good? Nothing. They're just rubbish. A shin bonus spirit. Get rid of the what's shin bonus spirit. Like when your when your best player is Cameron Zerha, surely you just fold. This this confuses me. Uh, it is it is such a non-event now. It's been twenty years since it was relevant, and you know I I I prefer to focus on all I saw in the eight minutes highlights package I watched was was us just dominating the game and you know the emergence of young players and twenty two goals and putting a team to the sword, and we haven't done that for years. You know, I mean, Nick, since we've been watching football together, honestly, not since the first quarter against the Gold Coast Suns in their first game of AFL football, have, you know, I think we dominated a game like that. And it's really encouraging to see because, you know, that's that's what the good sides do. They just destroy you, and they look pretty good. That was the the least stressed I've been watching a game of football in about three years because I, I really, well, St Kilda was pretty fun, but to be honest, that game, there were, there was never any heat in the contest, was it? Yeah. It was very much, Essendon never really got out of third gear, which is, it's, if I was a North fan, I mean, they had a big win last week with, with developing teams, you kind of up and a little bit down. So that's yeah. not, I'm, I wouldn't be too concerned if I was them, but there was never any heat in the contest at all, not for one minute of that entire game. Yeah, the old uh, first win hangover. Um, mm. I uh, credit. Uh, I actually think Taron Thomas and Cameron Zerha, a shining light for North Melbourne is Cameron Zerha and, and Taron Thomas are going to be, I think they're going to be superstars of the competition when they get up and running and it can actually get a side around them. But I, I, I do question the side in that uh, particular situation that North Melbourne are in, whether it actually does assist development going out and getting whacked like that every every week. 
Because um, there are a lot of guys in that side who I don't think look AFL quality or, you know, AFL quality, but are really just overpriced VFL players. Um, mm. But, yeah, I, I, I'm, really, I'm worried. I know that they know sort of where they're at and they're, they're cleaning out a list and they dropped, what, 12, dealers had 12 players last year. But I'm concerned if I'm a North fan. Um well, this this is an interesting point. We probably haven't done enough banter, as as the media manager is called for. But um, if anyone still doubts the genius that is Adrian Dodoro, surely you are kidding yourself. Because who would you rather be, Essendon, St Kilda, or North Melbourne, right? Or Carlton? Look at look at those four lists, and look at how quickly he has once again turned our list around and I think you can't really judge Dodoro before 2008 because before that Sheedy was at the football club and Sheedy was in control of the majority of the list management decisions right so if you look at his record from 2008 and you look at how he's turned this club around again after 2016 again after 2013 again um, and we've got a list now that is the envy of everyone in the developing part of their cycle Mm. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I yeah, I, I mean, we said it from the start when we did our first episode. Or so I, I don't think there's any question for the Doro to be um, sorry. Any reason for the Doro to be questioned? Um, I, I don't think our list has never hasn't been the problem for ten or so years. Uh, probably dating back to when Heard took over. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're flying. But it's great to see. We've got a nice. Firstly, the system that you can tell trucks implementing. We've said we say it every week, but there just seems to be a systematic connection amongst them. So even at the end of the game, um, even the the fans sitting around us, we're playing kick to kick and trying to maintain possession, which I think is a sign of a really disciplined side and a side that actually has or is working towards a brand of footy they want to play. Yeah, all the fans are yelling, "Yeah, go and kick another goal, try and kick another goal." But I think the the Discipline to maintain possession. Say so at no point in this game are we going to give away possession or go away from how we want to play just for the sake of we're up by twelve goals is a really good sign, particularly with the young side. Um, mm. I think we've got guys at the right stages of their careers in the right places in terms of mm. you know Francis is sort of coming into his prime and he's looking like. Well, it's, you know, it's my this is my back line now, and same with uh, you know Ridley, McGrath's getting there. Uh, Merritt, he looks mm. a class above. Darcy's a class above. Um, I mean, across the ground, you know, tip up, etc. List can go on, uh, but it, it's a really encouraging spot for us, given where we're at on our, on our list in comparison to the rest of the comp. Mm. I agree, I agree. So why don't we take a little bit of a break and then when we come back, we'll jump straight into the analysis and we'll, we'll go through our likes and dislikes. Timey kangaroo down sport. Timey kangaroo down. Timey kangaroo down sport. Timey kangaroo down. All right, before the break, we mentioned that now's the time that everyone looks forward to. Surely why our two fans listen in. It's game analysis and likes and dislikes. Kinnersley, now I know you're excited because your Essendon avatar is actually putting together 
a great little season, isn't he? Yeah. The old Will Snelling. Yeah, we're, so so Will Snelling, who I'll put my hand up, and well, actually my avatar is Caleb Daniel, but anyway, we'll we'll let I'd that say one go. Snelling, he plays for a different team. Uh, I'd say Snelling's yeah, yeah, more unique. No, I reckon I'm Alec Waterman. Have you seen Have you seen Alec Waterman's glutes and and thighs? He's a big boy, yeah. Although you're I, more... he's a thick boy. Is T H I C C B O I? How tall are you? You're Alec... one seventy. Yeah, I'm not as tall as Alec Waterman. He's, he's way taller. He's 170 in the exact same build, just thick. Better hair though. <laughs> no, I reckon I reckon I'm thicker than Snelling. No, fair enough. Let's have a look. Well, Let, I, let's check out the stats. Let's I, talk, let's measure thickness. Snelling was my whipping boy in 2020, and, and now is your avatar. And now, look, he is putting together, and I think he's putting together a good season. He, he's not. He's not my like. My like is, and Nick and I spoke about it earlier. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty certain, and I have this on good authority from my brother, that Harry Jones hasn't missed a set shot since the Hawthorne game. He's kicked points, but he hasn't missed a set shot. But he's and, only he's only kicked one point since then. Correct. So that is an outstanding return. And to have all these players, they seem to have gotten in at the right time. And, you know, I'll put my hand up. I was thinking doom and gloom when we had those injuries in the Port game. I was thinking, you know... What, oh, I'd, I'd thrown out the baby and the bathwater. Yeah, yeah, and... and so, you know, my, my like is uh, the presence up forward, the confidence that that gets us. Uh, that's mine. So I reckon, so that what that means though, and this is where I think Truck is struggling a little bit. If Harry Jones hasn't missed a set shot, all we need to do is kick it to Harry 20 times a game. It's just that simple, isn't it? 20, I mean, you're all right, Dennis. Hagen. What? 20, 20 marks, twenty goals. Nick, I'm Jones is sitting. Jones is padded. Sitting in my bedroom, reviewing this game, thinking about it, and with that sort of suggestion, you've just planted me there. <laughs> I'm thinking, why has my cousin Nicholas opted for a career in chiropractic when he could have easily gone down professional sport, in particular uh, Australian rules football? And coach the side to multiple grand finals with those sort of suggestions that just kick it That's to right. your goal kickers. That is absolutely just get it to Harry Jones. So simplistic and genius. I can't believe any no one has ever thought of that. You should be well. You should career. That's why I'm on a podcast. Consider a career mate. change. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, but that is a good like because because nah, he yes. looks he's he's. His word, the word on him had always been that he's efficient in front of goals, right? And then he played in that Hawthorne game and very clearly, a kid in his first game, very nervous. I mean, I've never played a first game of AFL footy, so I can't comment on how nervous you would be. But I imagine I would have slotted them from everywhere, but I can understand Harry needing a game under his belt to, to get it up and rolling. Mm. This, is, this is unbelievable. Well, why do we put up with this? <laughs> You're a funny man. Um, oh, is it is it is this an outrageous call? And I I actually don't have the stats of um, these guys in front of me. But uh, look at Logan McDonald in his first six games. Max and Ben King yep. in their first is it six games, seven games. Yeah, shit, it could be more. Yep, like ten. Sorry, whatever it is, round whatever it is. Um, Ooh, I like <laughs> this. I like this. If Harry Jones was selected with you know in that sort of first ten, like those three were. Would there be as much hype around them 
Oh, sorry. Would there be as much hype around him as there is around them if he was selected as a, a top ten? Because I think I let's have a look at Logan McDonald's stats. Did, so, well, did Harry see all those players have dominant junior careers? Truly, dominant. yeah. But Harry Jones missed his his uh, top eight right? year, right? Because um, that would have been last well, year. Well, while you look that up, can I jump in with my dislike for the game? Yes. It's actually, I am looking at, you mentioned Lo- Logan McDonald's. I My dislike is that I think, you know, North Melbourne have set poor Will Phillips up to be the butt of a few jokes. Oh, yeah. And, and if there's one thing that I think we would agree on. It's if you get a dominant forward out of the waffle or the sandful that's been kicking bags of goals against grown men in mm. you know senior competition as a 16-year-old, 17-year-old, 18-year-old, don't you pick them over like a midfielder that's a, a good player? He's a good player. But you know you're not going to get um, Ugo Hagen. You know you're not going to get Phil Talk who... He smashed his first game, but poor Will Phillips, you know, is now sandwiched between these three behemoths. Logan McDonald doing great things is going to be a clear successor in a great program up at Sydney. You know, did North Melbourne screw the pooch there? Like, absolutely, they did, and they are a terrible football club, and that's why they did that. Because someone said the other day, like, okay. Great midfielders like your Bont and your Selwood and your whoever, sure, they don't come around every day. But midfielders, as a general rule, you know, I think Dane Swan or Daisy Thomas said they're a dime a dozen these days. Yeah. These, you know, these normal sized, average sized players with good skills. You know, Logan McDonald have been kicking bags against grown men. Get the man in your jumper and say, Hey, I know it's not great now, but stick with us because we've got ten years to do this. Go up there and slot goals, son. You're straight in. And you know what? Why? Why would you? Why would you not pick that? Yeah, it's a bizarre one. Look, and you'll never be able to compare them really till the end of their careers. No. But certainly. To us, it seems like a no-brainer to have taken Logan McDonald instead of Will Phillips. We were talking about Essendon trading up for Logan McDonald. We were. Yeah, we absolutely were. And now I understand why they didn't, right? Because because they had faith in Harry Jones and by all reports, Josh Eyre is potentially going to be another gun in the forward line as well. So there's... You know, we we need to sometimes trust in Dodoro. Look, Harry and Logan are pretty similar to this stage of their careers. Harry's played five more games. Uh, Logan's averaging 1.4 goals a game. Harry's averaging 1.3. But obviously, to maintain that over five more games, you know, it'd be interesting to see where Logan McDonald ends up at. But having said that, having him drafted at pick 30 versus pick five, one more year in the system, he had a year training with AFL group, even if he didn't play last year. Um, pretty happy with that. I'm really content with where Harry Jones is at. Yeah, it's a, it's a small sample size. Um, and I mean, you can see like a Max and Ben King as well, um, where they were at, at mm. after 10 games or whatever. Um, but I, I think we, because he didn't come in with a name as, oh, well, this is the next guy, um, he, we, we are 
not paying him the respect he deserves, but how good he's been for his first ten games is is phenomenal. And and I think if he, even if he was a top ten pick, would be very happy with how he started his career. So, yeah. do you know you what know I think? Like the apt comparison to especially with Logan McDonald's because he's not always getting uh, the best the best defender. He's often that is get, true. like they're both often getting the second defender. So it's a good comparison where you know you might go to someone else who like a king. Um, and I said they're, they're getting the best defender, right? Like, so yeah, because uh, I'm just thinking. I, I think that I mean they got Membry and a and a resting ruck, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. So I, I don't know if the best defender goes to the resting. I I don't. It depends on the team, I suppose. No, the best defender goes to to Max King now. You for reckon? sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair yeah and then the second yeah, best goes cool. to Membry. Yeah. But last year and the year before, probably not. Uh, but definitely now. Uh, I think the thing with Harrison Jones, as we spoke about this previously, is there's nothing flashy about him. He's very much a Josh Kennedy in that he leads, he knows where to lead, he's got a good set of hands, and he's a nice straight set shot. There's no... Even though he's got a big tank and he's quite quick for someone his size, there's nothing exciting about him. He's just a really good traditional lead-up forward. And that is someone that we've seen with West Coast. You can build a forward line and a team around. Whereas, you know, you've got someone like Logan McDonald, who's quite big and strong for his age. He's, he can kick bags, those sorts of things. Harry Jones is just going to be a really good lead-up forward. And there's nothing wrong with that. You, you get great players out of those types of players. Plugger Lockett was a really good lead-up, turn-around, kick-a-goal forward. Yeah, di- different so, era. I think, I think, uh, he's different era, a little but, bit but the same like time. He can still you know, put some forward pressure on. and He's not terrible below his knees either. So, um, mm. yeah. You, you think about the, you know, the forwards that are playing in those finals teams at the moment. You think of the Richmond forwards. Um, you think of... Um, not not so much the Geelong forwards because they you know they do a few different things in the ruck and stuff like that. But strong overhead marks, great set shots. That you know that's how they've built their careers, and that's it. Like they're not expecting him to go out and jump on people's heads, lead, take a mark, go back and swat it. You know, yeah. and uh, we're starting to see all those young guys hit the uh, the scoreboard. Perkins with a with a beautiful one from the left pocket that came out with that set shot, wheeled around, just went absolutely cracked from about 50 metres out. I mean, oh, Archibald. Weeks. So it's, it's, it's exciting, you know. Um, and, and Peter Wright, who, well, I think someone, I think the Essendon Twitter called him two litre, Peter. But like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure what was happening there. But, you know, he's, he, he was off for a couple games, but he's been exactly what we needed. You know, he's been deep threat, standing, taking marks. Um, Daisy Thomas on the radio when he was kicking that first one from 53 or 54, whatever, said he can't kick this, and he went back and just went whack. Yeah. So, you know, serviceable forwards that are getting you goals, you can't, you know, that's really important, really mm. important. Absolutely it is. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll, should I move on to some of my likes here? Please do. Yeah. Uh, well, sort of a double... Um, or maybe just backing up your point uh, there of um, Will Snelling. I think our role players have just been fantastic in terms of just knowing their role and doing what they got to do. Um, Mason Redmond. I think Jimmy Stewart was pretty good yesterday, though. He 
should have been given who who were playing. Um, Red is Laverde, you know. Um, Guelph had a bit of a down down. I'll go into that a bit later. But Francis, even bloody Zaharakis was all right. So across the ground, Nick Hind. Um, across the ground, our role players are really doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and they're yeah, mm. res- very respectable players in their own right. But I thought um, I really liked our spread of goals. Um, you know, Harry Jones, I was popped up three. Tip has popped up for three. Two meter Peter has popped up for three and taken ten marks. Now I know he's playing a pretty average opponent, but I I, I am I know Nicky went hard on him early in the year. I think he's starting to just slightly show glimpses of the player um, we all thought he could be when he when he entered the league. Um, it's taken a few games. You know, to get I, was think, I think he's been very I, respectable. I was watching his game yesterday. And this is my thoughts on two-leader Cedar beater Peter, is if he marked half of the marks that you think he's going to clunk, I reckon he kicks seven goals a game. So many times he gets to the pack in the forward line and gets a hand to it, gets two hands to it and drops it. All. And look, from a team structure point of view, he makes a contest, brings the ball to ground, doesn't get beaten. But the difference between him and same comparison to Josh Kennedy is that Kennedy holds those marks and he ends up with bags of eight goals because there's so many, you watch the game again, I, I encourage you to go back and watch yesterday's game again. And there's about four or five instances where he gets there, gets the ball first, it's in his hands and he drops it or doesn't take the mark. Right. And that's not to take anything away from his game because he sunk two goals from outside 50. He probably should have had four goals. If Goldstein, that dirty dog did not punch him about 15 minutes after he marked the ball, he would have had a, a shot for fourth and would have been a leading goal kicker. So I'm not saying he didn't have a good day yesterday, but I reckon he's showing signs. I agree with you to some extent that at, at some point he might just tear a game apart and kick nine goals, Jake Carlisle style. Mm, I don't, yeah, I, I don't think he'll ever be in that upper echelon of forwards. Um, and I'm happy to be wrong here. I'm very happy to be wrong. Um, but in terms of, you know, is he going to be up there with a Kennedy or a Hawkins, um, Lynch, Rewald, etc.? I don't think he'll be in that sort of conversation all Australian. Um, but I, I think he can definitely get to a spot in his career where he's sort of in that next line of players. Um, well, all you need to remember, Matthew, is that Lee Brown is a premiership player. That's a good point. That's a fair point. That's a very good point. So if, if Peter Wright can play his role as the second forward pinch-hitting Ruckman, playing at the level that we're seeing him at the moment and potentially, like you're suggesting, at an, go to another level, then that's a good career. Yeah, I agree. No, no, 100%. Um, I, I'm just, I mean, you had him down as an absolute rabble, VFL quality, uh, why pay him an AFL wage? And I'm just saying I think he's actually capable of, and he's showing us that he yeah, maybe won't be the best in the comp, but being that sort of second rung. And I'm very happy to have well, him, if that's the case. Nick is not always the most stable of, of commentators. I mean, he had trucks sacked after two weeks, I think. So let's... In the race of the whipping boys, let's just say he's got a bit of a lead on Tom Cutler right now. Okay. Fair enough. I, I, I think he's miles ahead considering... Oh, Cutler's injured, so we can't really... Um... Cutler's injured, never to return. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I just had... um. 
a youngsters growing. Uh, so I think you know that's generally what they do, particularly if they haven't finished puberty yet. Yes, you're not wrong. Um, I didn't mean physically, but in terms of how they look on the field and, and just looking more and more uh, comfortable at the level and, and like they belong. Not that Coxie really didn't look like he ever uh, didn't, uh, but it, I just feel like he just the composure's coming in more. Same with Perkins. Um, kicked a fantastic goal. Um, and I, I, I can't wait till he's doing that stuff on the regular two or three times a game. And he only had 11 touches, but I just feel like he had more impact than what the stats might say. I agree. Um, and I he's going to be that player. Felt like and more. when he's doing having that level of impact, but having 20 disposal game, going to be very encouraging. But I, my point is, I, I just think those guys are very much looking more comfortable every, every game. And you can throw um, Harry Jones in there as well. The predictability of the team and their ability to play as a unit is light years ahead of where we've seen the last couple of years. We were talking about it after the game, um, about the difference like a Redmond and Hind make compared to what we've seen the last couple of years from Saad and McKenna. You know, this where... And look, I give McKenna a bit of a pass because, you know, I think he got hung out to dry and I would have gone home too. But... The ability of Nikine and Redmond to, you know, structure up and really settle alongside Ridley and, you know, now uh, Francis and a couple of other guys, Laverde, who has been a revelation. Uh, the ability of them to structure up predictably. I mean, those of us that have all played sport, the worst thing that you ever see is a ball flow over your head, turnover, and it's coming back the other way. And as a midfielder or a forward, you know, trying to put pressure on, you're out of position, you're running back, and you you want you want this sense of predictability going into football. And and I think Nick Hind, you know, is excellent at that real workman style stuff. He's he's not a he's not a gifted player. He's not, but he works hard. And what he does, he does very well. He doesn't give up. And you know, those short kicks. Inside, you know, sure, we're not seeing those great running long bombs that we used to see, but I'd much rather see a great structure moving it through the middle than you know, what we used to see. So I, yeah. I, I love all of that. I, I 100% agree. I, I think, um, well, I, I actually am going to go as far as to say Nick Hind is an upgrade over Adam Sard at the moment. Um, Particularly when he costs about half as much. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we called him the wish.com version. I'm saying. This guy is, is an upgrade. This is going from uh, sort of a... Well, can you see the difference when someone respects the opportunity and wants to play and brings that attitude that, like, you know, if, if you want me just to rub someone else's face in the dirt for 80 minutes and not touch the ball, I'll do it. That's fine. If all you want me to do is run and tackle, I'll do it. That's fine. He just brings that attitude. Yeah. He just yeah. loves yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's not about himself. No. That's... that's and I'm not saying Adam Sub is always about himself, but my point is that I see a collective uh, buy-in from that back unit that we haven't seen yeah. for so long. And I, I will preface it. I think Adam Saad, I mean, under Wusha, he was stuck in a, a bad system, it, it appears, and doesn't yeah. appear that Carlton's is much better either. So um, <laughs> probably a bit stiff on Sardi. But, and then Wusha goes to Carlton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I was thinking that the same there with, can apply with Redmond versus McKenna. Um, now McKenna, brilliant athlete, and could do some things with a footy that, you know, the, most of the population of Australia could only dream they could do. 
But I, I think it is making a difference having a, a guy who's played football his whole life, understands football, understands that actual defensive role back to front. Because, um, I mean, like it or not, McKenna's still learning the game, despite how good he was individually. He's still learning the game. Whereas you can just tell having someone who understands system and structure and, and their exact role in a guy like Redmond serves a team far better than just having um, someone of McKenna's calibre who could have been anything. Um, and I agree with you, Ken. He, he, I feel like he did get hung out to dry. Um, but it is so much more beneficial for, for team success. Yeah. Mm. I um yeah, I agree. I think I think Redman uh had a bad year last year, but he had osteitis pubis all year. So the the fact that he's been able to get consistency of training and the, he's not he's not surprising me with how good he is. I from watching his first full season when he was playing in the ones to now, I'm not surprised that he's gotten better. He's he's an out and out gun. He and and we've mentioned this before, but this backline is essentially what our VFL backline was a couple of years ago when we were making prelims. Mm. So again, I'm not I'm not surprised that our backline has come along to the point that it is now because they've played a lot of footy together. They understand each other. They're all maniacs. They all attack the ball really really hard. Um, and I don't think. Our backline as such has been beaten this year. We've lost games, but it's because our midfield has been smashed. It's because other things forward of the ball haven't worked. But I think the unit of the backline really, and, and you know, our two listeners can correct me if I'm wrong, but who's which forward group has taken us to town? I can't remember any of them. Closest one would be Port Adelaide, mm. right? And and even and then, and, what it... and you know that all starts up the field. Like, let's yeah. just give credit where where credit's due. Sometimes you just get smashed by a better team. Yeah, like it happens, right? So yeah. that's okay. Mm, I'm a Kai probably. So what are my likes for the weekend? Mackay probably hurt us a little, uh, but then that was maybe up the ground. Now, see your point. Um, mm. I said one other thing I wanted to add, but I've forgotten. That's right. Continue on. So what are my likes for the weekend? The performance of David. Zaharakis. I um, I really liked his performance. I thought he was back to that smooth link player that we'd seen in the past. Uh, his disposal was really good. He got on the end of a few. He, he was really... I can't see him getting dropped for Will Ham. Braden Ham. Oh, sorry. Not, I always <laughs> call him Will Ham. Braden Ham. superstar. That's right. That's right. Uh, Heard his love child. I can't see him. If he gets dropped for Braden Ham, it's not on form. It's because they want to get games into Braden Ham. Because that's the exact type of performance that we need from Braden Ham going forward is that composed link player, gets the ball, disposes of it efficiently, bobs up for a goal. Um, You know, he's, he's an outside runner, he's not an inside mid. Yeah, he's got some deficiencies in terms of his hardness at the football, but I I think on that performance, if he performs at that level every week, then I don't see why or how he gets dropped. I was this really is, pleased with this. This is exactly how you use senior players. The issue yep. is, you know, he, do, he doesn't have to be the star anymore. No. He's the one that can roll in with 12 or 15, you know, 12 or 15, 14 possessions or something, you know, bobs up with a goal or two. And you know, because the young guys are doing the work. That's mm-hmm. that's how you use a senior player. They're they're the cream on top, you know. But for the last couple of years, we've been expecting, you know, him and Zaharakis has never been a star. 
you know, he, he's been a really good B-plus level player, right? And, am I, correct me if I'm wrong, like if, I, if, that's, if that's out of line. I think he's been a really good B-plus level player. And the last couple of years, we've been a rabble. And, you know, we're looking to guys like him to make the difference. And we didn't have the cattle. Now, it's a different feel around the team. And he can, you know, he can just do his thing. I think it's great. He's, he's, he reminds me a lot. His career reminds me a lot of Brent Stanton's career in that just consistently good. Brent Stanton's probably a little bit better than him. But consistently good in a team that never got anywhere. Yeah. Right, like Stanton just never got the. If you put Stanton in any of those premiership teams throughout his career, he absolutely plays in their premiership team. He absolutely makes the the twenty two, and I think the same with Zaharakis. I think you put him in any premiership team over the course of his career. Once he established himself at senior level, he absolutely makes those premiership teams. But because at Essendon. He was never surrounded throughout his career by really great players. Probably 2012, 2013, to be honest, is would have been his opportunity to really become a premiership player and an A-grade player. Um, but we all know the circumstances around that. Um, I think he's had a good career, is, is my point. For I think he's gotten the most out of his skill level. It's been the team around him that's let him down. Yeah, for me, uh, I mean, you know, Zaharakis, don't get me wrong, I... I thank him for his service over the years, and I think he's been a very serviceable player for us. Really, I agree with you, Ken. B plus, but now I'm just but like I seem have like really good B plus. Yeah, like just, just on the. But he just didn't have. He just didn't have that extra. You know, he's been the classy guy that bobbed up. You know when he did his quad against uh, was it the Gold Coast when he kicked three goals? Or yeah, something? yeah. Like, the one thing is, he's always been a great shot for goal, and he's always been. You know, but he he was never going to be a true mid. He was always going to be a classy half forward link player. And that's what he was good at. And unfortunately, rarely do you get a superstar player like that. But, you know, for mine, he, he plays most weeks. And clubs and premiership teams are built on players like that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. I, yeah, B plus, I would have put Brent Sand more in A-, minus, but I think that's a different story. I, I Look, don't, and this is not a – I'm just sort of like whatever about Zaharakis. Um, in terms of where he's at in his career. Like, he's had 20 disposals against a pretty rabbly side. I'm not like, you know, sign him on but for three more years. But it was a quality of disposals. But it, no, I don't think we need to sign him for three more years, but I think he, he just had a... That's the, the level of game that I expect from from Ham. Mm. That's, that's the type of... It was composed. He ran well. He linked up well. He created... He hit targets, I think and Ham I don't think, be and and that's the performance that we expect from Ham. And I think Ham can be better because Ham's quicker. Ham, he he should be a better player. Yeah, he should be. But I'm saying right now, yeah. in this season, the way we're playing, Zaharakis is playing better, and he deserves to keep his spot. Yeah, and and also there's something to be said for having more senior players out there. Like you can't just, you know, we've we've seen what. We're talking about the team that we just thrashed. What did they do? They got rid of anyone that had played any amount of AFL level football, and now no one knows what to do. Yeah, I'm not calling for no, his head. I'm not saying drop him. Yeah, um, yeah, there's no leadership there. So that's how you use those senior players. Keep him healthy. Keep him out of you know the middle. Stop him getting smashed every week, and he'll he'll play another couple of years. Mm, but I I think at what cost of Braden Ham does that come? No, I think that's good for Bradenham to make him work hard to earn his spot. Yeah, back. I, I I understand that, but there there is something to be said about 
the development of young players when you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're not given a massive role. You don't you're not given that sort of level of continuity think, to sort of say, This is your spot, I, now develop. I think it depends on the messaging. I think, you know, we as outsiders, we don't know I think all that comes down to the messaging and what they're talking to him about, what they want him to achieve, and if they're doing that well, he'll be fine. Yeah. No, fair I don't I don't I don't see it as an issue. And I think with players like Truck and, and um, Gian Syracuse are there, uh, it'll be fine. Mm. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Can I can I list off a couple of dislikes? Please. I thought, uh, and I really hate to say this because I love him, but Mark Welfi um, did not, it just was one of, his, one of those days for him. <laughs> he was solid, but like, it just, well, ball wasn't bouncing his way. Things weren't happening for him, so I did. I did feel for him, um, and I. I hope he stays in. He's given another run at it and, and turns around and shows everyone how good he can be. Because I, I actually I think he's he's um, going to be very serviceable over his career. Uh, and then I didn't notice that the, that he was particularly oh, bad. We won honest. by twelve goals, yeah, okay. but yeah, I thought yeah. it did make difference to the end result, but uh, wouldn't have been his best showing. Uh, not that it's particularly mm. bad, but just. Wasn't his best. No, and I hope he bounces back. And I, you know, I, I still think he's an, an AFL caliber player. And I, I'd love to hear. I have not necessarily dislike, but Andy McGrath. I like his pop. That was his best game for the year. I think he popped up and had thirty-one, yeah. and he was clean with hand and yeah. stuff. But I just don't know if he was that. Effective, like I'd love to think. Nah, he was more composed. Yeah, he, he he lowered his eyes. He only had what nine kicks, nine kicks, twenty-two handballs. So, but he was definitely more composed. Oh this yeah, week. yeah, his disposal was much better. There was no over-the-shoulder bombing. But of North Melbourne were playing Bruce Free for you, mm. right? So there wasn't much pressure. But I think that was probably his best game for the year. Yeah, no, yes, fair, yeah, he, he, yeah, no, fair call, but. I, I just don't see him being, and look, maybe the game just demanded it and this is what he had to do, but I just don't see him being this kind of player where win it inside. Like, I want to see him win it inside. I want to see him break two or three lines. And it's wishful thinking because you're never going to do that every time. But I'd love to see him take that next step in his career, becoming sort of like a real genuine line breaker from contests. And maybe he just doesn't have the body mm. size and, you know. But, uh, yeah. I don't, and, and look, he's still learning the midfield craft, but... Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. We're interested to hear your thoughts. I wouldn't have it necessarily as a dislike, but I yeah, I'm interested to hear thoughts here. Yeah, I I think he's struggled this year. I think he he it feels like to me he's gone backwards this year compared to last year. I thought last year he had a really good year. We were talking about him potential best and fairest winner, etc. And I feel like it's taken him a while to get his composure back. And certainly if you compare him to um, McCluggage, McCluggage it, it seems like he's a little bit behind at the moment. Mm. But I, I felt like on the weekend it was a step in the right direction, that he's, a, he's ready to get back to his best. <laughs> yeah, fair call. Uh, I think with McCluggage, um, he's always been a mid and you know just playing the same role he's always grown up playing. Whereas I feel like McGrath... Um, from memories, played a little bit more outside through his juniors. Where mm. now we ask him to do a bit more work on the inside. Which you, you know, and he, he he's had a lot of games, you know, nearing thirty disposals. Um, 
I think his next step, I mean, like meters gained, he's had 31, his meters gained 164. I'll tell you where that sits. Mm. It's about mid, mid to, uh, bottom half, bottom half of the stats. So, mm. you know, to have 31, yeah. And, and yeah, I just liked him. I, I think his next stage of his career is be really impactful with every, every disposal. I think he's that sort of player rather than an accumulator like a Tom Mitchell. Yeah, and maybe a similar trajectory to to Parrish maybe. because Parrish Absolutely. was was getting similar numbers in recent years, and maybe he just needs he needs a little bit of time to take that next step. Yeah, no, fickle, fickle, fickle. I hope he does. I um, I have a dislike. Yep. And that is the evenness of the performance across our defenders. <laughs> and this is more a season long dislike because I haven't noticed Ridley saving us consistently across games. Like, I feel like Jordan Ridley is doing nothing because he's not floating across packs, taking marks, then pinpointing it. Like, who is even Jordan Ridley? What is he doing? You're right. He's just lazily getting 21 possessions. You don't notice him. He just gets it done. Like, Laverty, he's taking too much of the spotlight. Francis... How how is Laverde getting up each week? By the way, because that man has been smashing his body into brick walls, like very few people I've seen. Has there been a game where he hasn't gone off at some point down the medical tent and just come back up and continue to fly into packs and smash? I think I think given how many games he's missed through injury in the early part of his career, he's just said enough. I don't care how injured I am, I'm going to keep playing. And I have to admit. I really like it. Yeah, he's. Uh, I, I, I admit, I'm the same with Riddles. I was like, I, I'd sit at games and be like, "Shit, Ridley's fallen on face of the earth. Like he is. What is it? He's had who a, is a even you? What are you hangover. doing? Then you check the stats. Yeah, and he's had like, like seven marks and forty-two, not forty-two, but you know, punches and twenty disposals. In like, where, where did he get all these? <laughs> so credit yeah. to him. He just he just floats around doing Jordan Ridley things, but he's not. Is there not... any doubt that Darcy Paris is leading the Crichton Medal at this stage? Uh, Zach Merritt is yeah. having a very Zach good Merritt year. is very on close. his ass. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's if it's if it's not Parish, it's Merritt, and if yeah. yeah, it's even yes, Merritt. It just has an urgency yeah. about him, right? Like he so. And look, the longer it goes on, the more I see him play, the more I think that he's probably going to stay. But um, yeah, it's it's a tough call. It's a very tough call. Yeah, Dragon Parish can win the Brownlow. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, no, Bont. Oh, is the Bont having too good a year? Is there too many players at the Bulldogs having? Yeah, a good that's year? fair. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, is it, he might even have a merit. Still, a couple of votes off him. Imagine that. When was the last time that? Happened? Yeah, that's true. Um, and probably my last thing before we go into a, a, a preview, but I, like the thing that makes guys like Merritt so good is that regardless of who they're playing, they just deliver the same game. You know, thirty disposals and a couple of goals, whatever. Whereas someone like who I was speaking of before, Guelphie, he needs that good competition around him to sort of bring him up to the level. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but, that's what I'm gonna say. Sorry to interrupt, no. but you, when you said Matt Guelphie's down game, I don't think that was a Matt Guelphie game. Nah. To play, you know what I mean. Like Matt Guelphie thrives on contest, Absolutely. hard, and doing truly unselfish things. And you know that down and dirty work where he doesn't need the ball, but he's the tackler, he's the body. And 
you know, that wasn't that wasn't that kind of game. You know, Matt, and unfortunately, he's not going to stand out that kind of game. But Matt, you know, I I like Guelphy too, but he was never going to shine in that particular style. You know, because no, nah, it was a, this was really with as much disrespect to North Melbourne as possible. <laughs> This was a training run. It was. Like, it really oh, was. We to train on a Sunday night. That's right. It's, like, it really... North Melbourne might as well have not have turned up. They are just rubbish. Yeah. If you hung around long enough, um, Sean Murphy actually when, dragged the when boys. When was the last forfeit? When was the last forfeit in the AFL? Can someone find out? Yesterday at 4.40pm. Yeah, but what's the penalty? Like, because in other sports, you know how, like, a walkover in soccer is, like, 5 nil. Right? Yeah. You know, is a walkover in football 30 points or is it 50? Matt, what's the deal? What's what's the deal in local football? You're Googling right I now. I don't know. Like if you're four, but I do know on yeah. AFL Laws of on AFL football, Live 2005, if you were to forfeit a game by exiting, I can't remember what you had to do to forfeit. Oh, you could actually click and forfeit. You're like, I can't bother playing this game. So you just forfeit. It was a 10 yeah. goal loss. Okay. Well, well, that would be about right. I'll. I would think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, ten goal loss. North Melbourne would have taken that <laughs> at about five o'clock. Oh boy. So my theory is, you know, don't risk injury. Don't risk, you know, having your players be mentally scarred by being bashed by good teams. Just don't turn up. Because your fans don't turn up anyway. <laughs> They're so, tanking anyway. They what they don't even they have less fans than the Donfather podcast. I seriously question they, whether the North Melbourne fan count would have been in the thousands yesterday. No. Nah. You could hear... It was like watching an A-League game where the other team was... It's like New Zealand uh, playing the Wellington team. Phoenix. Yeah, that's right. In Melbourne on a Wednesday. Kanga, that's what it was Kanga, like. Kanga, Kanga. Roo, roo, roo. Can I, can I go with a dislike? Yeah. And then I Just one more. One... Big dislike? The North Melbourne Football Club. I fucking hate North Melbourne. No, you don't. They are the scum of you the earth. You don't. I hate them so much. This is bizarre. This is, he's lost it. He's absolutely they, are, oh, they should have moved to Gold Coast. Because not only do we have North Melbourne who's irrelevant because they didn't move to Gold Coast, now we've got Gold Coast who's irrelevant. So two shit clubs in my beloved AFL Football League Australian Football League, Football League. Yes, that's what I said. Two irrelevant clubs. Wasting oxygen. Wasting space. Get rid of them. Kanga, Kanga, When we come back... Roo, roo, roo. We're talking about the upcoming game against West Coast. Right, before the break, we were talking about the rabble of the football club North Melbourne and how we destroyed them. Now let's look ahead to another hated team of mine. The West Coke sorry, West Coast Eagles. Did we play the kangaroos or did we play the Kanga Kanga Kanga? <laughs> we have lost it. We are never podcasting at this time again. We have oh lost boy. it. It's because it's Monday night. We never do it this time. It yeah. is. 
I am. Um, I'm looking up a stat right now. Probably should have done it in the break. Um, but I'm having a look at the last time we beat few games. West Coast of Essendon versus West Coast. Um, I don't think it's pretty. No, I don't think honest. so either. No, no, no. I'm not looking about who who's won and lost. I'm looking at where it's been, and I reckon of the last ten. I reckon at least nine have been in Perth. So we're travelling to Perth again. Of course week. we are. So yeah. we're travelling for the fifth time in 11 rounds. Which is probably about right. One no, it's one. not. Oh, actually, no, given that you should be playing teams in Melbourne, therefore probably playing at the MCG or Marvel, a couple of those. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at, so West Coast are six and four and rolling along pretty nicely, but... I mean, there were a few upsets on the weekend and them losing to the Giants is probably one of them. Although, dare we say, you know, they are the sleeping Giants. As, let's not forget, they were in the grand final not too long ago and they still have a lot of very good players. Mm. So... Here we go. Here we go. Okay. So, West Coast Essendon, Round 11, 2021, Optus Stadium. West Coast Essendon... 2020, round 15. So West Coast were the home team. So this this was going to be in Perth. It was at the Gabba. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Since 2011, we have played nine of... 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. We've played 9 of 13 in Perth. Never once in that time have we played them once in a year and it been in Melbourne. Every time we play them once a year, it's in Perth. And we've played 9 of the last 11 in Perth. Or 9 of the last 14. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So it's 2 to 1. It's two to one. It's so ridiculous. It makes me so angry that we consistently get put to because if they get on a plane, they can't win. Mm. No, you gotta, you gotta. So them. you might, yeah. It just enrages me more than I hate North Melbourne. Yeah, well, that go, I think it goes back to my theory that Essendon's one of those teams where we'll pull a crowd anywhere, um, and we maybe don't have the ability to pull rank. In terms of like Hawthorne back in the day, if they complain to the AFL, AFL bent the knee. Richmond do it now. Um, we don't quite have that just yet. Um, so we, Maddie, can we get on the phone to your mate Brasher and your man P Brash and just get him to make some calls? Okay, the Trump of uh, AFL presidents. That's right. <laughs> no, so that's probably offensive to Paul. But I don't mean in that. I just mean in terms of the way he leads, is very. You're with me or against me. I love it. Um, yeah. Well, uh, so round round 21, 2014 was the last time we played West Coast once in the season and it was in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So seven years ago. Yeah. West Coast are beatable this year, for sure. Yeah, they They're are. Up and down. They got spanked by the Cats by nine on 100 points. They got spashed by the Bulldogs. Very good team, but over 50 points. Not close. So large scores. Um, you know, they put Adelaide to the sword. But... They beat they beat Port, although Port, you know, not yeah, not sure how they're sort of travelling. Yeah, not, not sold on Port. West Coast are gettable here, and 
you know, the uh, I, I reckon the Don's boys are, are, are full of confidence, and I reckon they're not afraid of anyone at the moment. The way they're playing. Well, I was reading a stat today, and West Coast average a hundred and fifty more marks in the games that they win versus what they lose. Or maybe they, they average about 150 marks in games that they win and about 80 marks in games that they lose. So the the method to beat them is there, and that's don't let them get the uncontested marks and the chip mark game going. And when we've beaten them in the past, that's what we've done. When we beat them in um, 20... Was it 2014 or 2018? I think 2018 we beat them over there. Uh, mm. 2018, round 14, 2018, uh, 80 to 52. That's when we went on that run and we won seven in a row and just missed the finals. Um, but I think that's that's got to be the modus operandi. There's got to be two things that happen. We've got to enter the forward line efficiently, similar to what we did on the weekend. And we've got to not let them get those cheap kick mark, uh, easy possessions on the outside. Yeah, I'm just looking at stats now. Um, Rotham, Barras and McGovern... Uh, all average eight and above marks um, with Duggan at seven point, uh, sorry, Witherden at 7.8. So they are a good marking side. Um, yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, you know, I think, yeah. Sorry, did I cut you off there halfway? No. No. Um, yeah, I mean, how, I'm, it's, a, it's a display of how we, we go about executing our system as well when we talk about not letting their defenders mark. Because um, actually, we, you know, it comes down to how we want to move the ball. And anyway, um, I've got around in circles also, here. Also, it depends on how they use how they use Wright and Jones and Hooker this week. Because Absolutely. If we, if we, I, I, I did not expect them to kick a lot of goals from long entries because McGovern, they, they just eat those. They love it when teams try to go high into forward fifty to tall forwards. They just destroy them. They zone off so easily. I, I, I think it'll be really interesting to see what they come up with this week. Because I think, think um, because I think we can get them. I think we can get them around the middle. I really think we can. I think I, I, I know they're good, but I reckon we can go with them. It'll be, it'll all come down to. Normally, you say, "Oh, you know, it's out of the middle." I, I actually think it's all come down to how the bookends function. Agree. You know, Defense is an attack. I reckon that's it. I, I think our defence is much better than it was in the previous years. Yep. And I think what we'll see is I think Laverde will go to Darling, Laverde or Francis to Darling, and I think we'll get uh, Stewart on Kennedy, initi- at least initially. Um, and I think our, our defensive unit is much better than it's been. And then probably Ridley goes to Oscar Allen or um, or Francis to Oscar Allen. Um so I think we actually match up pretty well defensively onto their forward line. Mm-hmm. See, I, um, I was going to disagree with that. I, I think we are a little bit undersized for their big boys. You reckon? Yeah. Well, I mean, you got Stewart and then Francis mm-hmm. or Laverde play a bit undersized if they take uh, one of Darling or Kennedy, whoever um, Stewart doesn't take. So, Also, size is one thing, but... <laughs> How, how many games has Laverty played down back versus, you know, the skill of a Kennedy uh, or Darling? Oh, Laverty doesn't play on Kennedy. No way. No. I think I think he's a good matchup for Darling, though. Really? Yeah. I'm trying to bring up Darling's stats. Yeah, I think he's so. He's a big man. You're, 
Yeah, but Laverde is he's reborn. He's Dolph Lundgren. Mm. He's Ivan Drago from Rocky Four. <laughs> um, yeah, he. Interesting. He, he's a new. He's changed. He's changed. It'll be, it'll be interesting, regardless, to see what happens. I I, I tend to uh, potentially agree with with Maddie a little bit that we might be a little bit under, probably just one short, like one one big boy. That's. Then I reckon it's probably time to bring in Zach Reed. Well, he's, he's still got Angela, doesn't he? No, nah, he just got back. Nah. No, he destroyed it. Did he? I don't think he... Oh. Yeah, he, he was He was done in about two weeks. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I thought he meant destroyed in the VFL. Um, I don't think he's he's back playing uh, state league. He doesn't need to play VFL ever again. <laughs> no, so Laverty, Laverty's bigger than Darling. Really? La, Laverty's 193. Darling's 191. I'm surprised at that. Uh, Darling's... Just a bit thicker. Darling's 94 kilos and Laverty's 91 kilos. I did not know that. I thought Laverto's actually 180, high 180s. But there you go. Okay. Yeah, nah, sure. nah. And Laverty is 91 kilos, but he's all muscle, whereas Darling's probably not. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's, yeah, he's, he's a lot more mobile and athletic. Okay, that, that probably solves a few things for and, us. And Laverty is actually Italian for of green, <laughs> right? Which means he's at home on the grass, whereas Darling, he's a little bit of a little Darling, so he doesn't like the hard you are stuff. In that case. You are. <laughs> I hate you. All the all the listeners hate you for that. They're actually angry. <laughs> They're actually turning off right now. They are disgusted. But uh, yeah, no, okay, that that change. I actually thought Darling was closer to two hundred. Just looks it with a big barrel chest of his. But um, yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with Kin. Kin, it's a it's a battle of the the um, the ends of the ground. Um, but having said that, if their mids can get on top of ours. Um, yeah, because just by you know they'll just have sheer entry after entry after entry. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I think, but I think our contested mids are a little bit better than theirs. I think, um, I think they rely on the outside ball movement and and out running. I think we can get them at the contest for once. Normally they smash us. The big, the big worry for me is Nan Nui. Yeah, that's what I was about um, to say. Do we bring in Brian for him? Because yeah. around the ground, Nat, like Nana Nui is fantastic at the center bounce, but when he doesn't know where to be, he is next to next to useless. Like he, he just, you know, doesn't have that natural football prowess. It seems, or he knows where to be. Um, well, so and that's the thing, right? No and and that's why I think. That. And send it what to was that? I'm so happy no one's going to clip that and send it to Nui. <laughs> Around the ground, you are useless. <laughs> Quote. But I think I think um, that's where Phillips will will actually be able to hurt him because Phillips is is quite a smart and athletic footballer, so he can actually get on the spread a little bit better. Um, but Nat Nui at the centre bounce is definitely a big worry, yeah. considering we don't have Stringer to be our really big centre bounce bull, mm. right? Um, whether I know Waterman's been playing in the twos in the midfield and whether they're kind of grooming him for that role to take that spot of Stringer, but he didn't really do it on the weekend. I think they just backed him Parish and, and Merritt to get it done, mm, right? Mm. Or could maybe the Perk. No, he's not ready. Even Langer's. No, yeah. I don't think Perk's ready. I don't think he's ready for yeah. the bounce just yet. Oh, I, but I, th- I think they bat that one bit deeper. Oh, do they? With yeah. Gaff, Shuey, Kelly, Red and Sheed. Around the ball, yeah. But the thing is, Gaff's going to be playing on 
friend of the show, Nicholas Pencil Cox. So he might be able to, and, and he's not going to outrun the pencil, and the pencil is just going to outmark him. Yeah. Gaff can move. Might just get him. So can the yeah, pencil. He'll probably have to zone off him a little bit and not let him uh, get him on, on pace, but. Um, no, nah, I'm being a bit silly. I, the midfield is better than ours, but it's not as stark. With the development of Darcy Parrish, it's not as stark a, a difference as it has been in previous years. Yeah, and McGrath can, can probably hold his own against a Shuey. That's probably actually a really good matchup for yeah. him, a Shuey or even a Gaff. Yeah. Um, is Luke Shuey even in? I thought he did. He, I don't, he didn't play last week. I think he's out with a hamstring. I think he did his hamstring oh, quite no. badly. I thought he was back. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, he didn't play last week, so he might be he might be in this week. But um, it's definitely I th- I think the midfield is closer than it has been, and I've got a, a mate who's a really big West Coast supporter, and he is not happy with how they've been performing. He's he's really down on their midfield right now, um, so I think they're a little bit mentally soft. Like if they don't get on top early, I think we'll be able to run over the top of them. If that makes mm. sense. Well, just looking at um, how the midfield's going, you know, like we said, Natanui around the ground, probably not great. Vardy only averages 10 hit-outs a game. I'm not sure if he's... Has he been playing as a second ruck? I would assume he was. Uh, he was not in... No, they've been using... Okay, he's only averaging... Uh, not, not too... Only 1.2 hit-outs a game, so... Very reliant on Natanui, um, who, if he can't uh, do much around the ground, that's going to hurt them. Although in the ruck, he'll be a right around the ground, but um, that is certainly going to hurt them in terms of their midfield productivity. Yeah, it will. It definitely will. Um, I think, look, very important that we lower our eyes and really work well as a forward line, lead well, hit our targets well. I think that's crucial to us winning the game. Um, if we don't do that, they will just tear us to pieces. Yeah, totally agree. Look, it's going to be, and I said it before the North Melbourne game, it's, and this is really what football comes down to, is how well you can ex- execute our game versus shut down uh, their game. So if we if we don't allow them to get on the outside and, and run us ragged and take lots of uncontested marks, we're probably going to have a better day than, than if we do and, and we're allowed to do our thing. Um, so, look, yeah. Could, could this be a... Coming at one of my favourite quotes, but a yardstick game in terms of... I see them... You know, at least traditionally, they've been a very much a side who... Very structured, systematic, uh, process-driven, you know... Lots of guys who just know what their role is. They're all across each other. Um, could this be sort of us going, well, we're sort of where they're... We want to get to where they're at or have been and then in terms of a yardstick that way. Can, can I tell you what my dislike is? Tell me. Gold Coast, Even though that was the last segment. Gold Coast versus Hawthorne is the game that's on Channel 7 this week. And I know, you know, you can watch... West Coast and Essendon on Fox Footy or whatever, but can we not bring the better game to the masses? That's right. Can we not? Wh- who wants to watch Gold Coast and Hawthorne run around? The AFL wants oh, people to watch Gold Coast run around. Kills me. Absolutely kills me. It's um, 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, Matthew. Uh, thank you for that aside, Kinsley. Um, but I do agree. It had to be that. that one. Sorry, but it's 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 right ticked me off. I've just checked the uh, the uh, the TV the broadcast guide, and I'm not happy. Um, luckily, you're related to people who have KO Sports. Um, oh, I mean, I can watch it. Like you know, I've got I've got the appropriate channels, but it's just just give the people what they want. Just bring the quality right. to the masses. You know, for those that don't have it. That is very true. That's very true. But Maddie, I agree. This, I think this game and Richmond next week, right? As we talked about the, the last previous weeks of being a real test of our football club, we've, we've split it two and two. Probably unlucky not to be three and one from the, the last four weeks. This next two weeks are two really big tests. West Coast in Perth, as always, tends to be a, a game that we struggle with. And that we get blown out of the water early and then sort of match them for three quarters, but we've already lost by 10 goals. So, yes, I agree. And then Richmond at the G, which I don't, I can't remember the last time we beat Richmond. 2014, maybe. Dreamtime um, at the G, around then probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's two, this next two weeks, for a different reason to what the previous four weeks have been in terms of teams are around our mark and it's going to be interesting to see where we're at against opposition at a similar level. These next two weeks are, as a football club, are we developing enough to punch above our weight and and pick up a win in the next two games? And I think I'll be pretty happy with the development of our football club um, because both... I think if we play this game in at Marvel and with... West Coast in the form that they were in last week and us in the form we were in last week, I would say we go in as favourites. But this being a game in Perth, I think it's a really difficult test. And I'll be content. Look, I want to beat them because I hate them. But I will be content with a a good performance and an appropriate loss. Yeah. Fair call. Fair call. I would, yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb. If we beat the West Coast Eagles, I think we were all... I think we beat Richmond too. If we beat West Coast and Richmond... Because they're beatable. They've got, you know, Richmond have got issues. But look, mainly brought on by injury and stuff. You know, it it, look, it hasn't... And their arrogance. It hasn't been their year so far. Just injury-wise and stuff like that, that's fine. Um, I I want one that I've learned not not to count out, you know, significant performances from young teams and... I think the confidence gained if we can have a really good performance against West Coast could carry us in. Mm. No, I agree. And if we win two, you won't find me for about three weeks. <laughs> what would you do? I'll, I'll just go missing. I'll just, I'll just go. I'll just go on a cultural experience. I'll be meditating, watching the games over and over again. I'll just, I'll just be lost. Just dig, dig your way I'll under be... the gates at um, the NEC hangar. And just find yep. yourself. I'll just be living. I'll be living in the swimming pool. Hello, boys. I'm still here. Um, Bring me a coffee. You walk out in the um, like the boardroom or the change or whatever they're doing there, and get on the mic. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think the the next two weeks are really interesting tests. Um, who do we bring in? I don't know that anyone's ready to come in. The only one I would consider bringing in is Big Sammy Drapes, but I don't know if the curtain man is ready to come in. No, he's still a couple of weeks off, and I think he would need oh, maybe a game in the VFL. 
Nah, Sammy Draper don't need no game in the VFL. Uh, lower limb injury. I don't know. Um, but I, I would consider Nick Bryan. Instead of instead of Flipper. Well, I think this is, you know, Nick Nat, a similar type. Um, probably, again, we'll beat him around the, the clearance, uh, stoppages around the ground, which, I mean, in, in yeah, saying that, it'll probably hurt us given the midfield is so even. Um, but I actually think this is a chance he could beat Natanui around the ground quite significantly. Perhaps more than Phillips might. Yeah, I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed to that. I personally would prefer to keep Phillips in. But uh, Brian's an option. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, to finish up, I would love um, to see... This would be the most useless AFL stat. Surely Andrew Phillips is the man to take the longest amount of time to play 50 AFL games. They were talking about that today on um, on the radio, actually. Um, and I think he is, in fact, taking the longest amount of time to play 50 love games. It. Love his work. Hmm. So, um, so my prediction for this weekend, a loss... After playing not only the West Coast Eagles, but the three maggots in green as well. <laughs> the West. I'm predicting terrible umpiring. It's a uh, terrible home crowd. Waffle umpiring. umpires in. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough, Nick. I do not have the balls to make a prediction, but uh, I think we've had a fantastic episode. And I. Kinnersley, you got a prediction for us? I think we win. Just. Yeah. And that means you'll be back on the pod. Potentially. <laughs> if, if you can find it. Tends to be a... No, no, I, look, look, I, yeah, I don't know. It, I think we can win. I hope we win. You know, I won't be I won't be surprised if we lose, but I expect us to lose in the way that we've done each time except for the Hawthorne game, which is honestly lose honourably. And I, and I hate normally saying that, but it's 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 been happening, you know? Well, boys, thanks for stopping by. A win this week, and we are knocking on the door of September. Tank, tank from here, I say. Get the picks. Is it the truck train, or or what is it? You know, people say the team train. People say, is it the truck train? Because I'm not sure that works. If we make the finals, what is it? What? I think you just get on the truck. You just get on the truck. I've been on since day dot, so I'm claiming that. The cartoonists are going to have a field day with the truck, right? Just get on it. Yeah. I mean, you wanted him fired, but anyway. No, I was always a believer in truck. There's definitely no evidence on the internet of my my disbelief (laughs) in truck. I've been... In fact, I wanted him last year. Oh, that's actually true. No, I think we we wanted anyone, didn't we? Hmm. That's right. I mean, he made the right moves, got rid of Townsend. But anyway, that's a story for another day. Story for another day. We'll save that up next week. Hopefully, we're coming in. We're celebrating a win. Until then, boys. Go, go Dons. Dons. And the Kanga, Kanga, Kanga. Roo, roo, roo. <laughs>